Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. How do I not try to do a stupid Hitchcock impression to open it up? <laughs> oh, it was awful. We don't workshop our voices here. I, I didn't even try once no before that. That was it. That was cold. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. <laughs> that was cold. This is a movie that podcast. coming out the ice, Hitchcock, man. <laughs> it took us a long time to get to Hitchcock. It did. Yeah, this is the We first, like this guy. This is the first uh, I Hitch- can't believe we didn't do like family plot. Uh, so yeah. we would we have a history of doing like the dumb thing for our first the choice. weird late career thing and i love family plot you know but no we're doing psycho we're going big here we're this is the psycho. big boy yeah maybe the... and not psycho 98 sorry guys sorry not yet not psycho 4 the beginning <laughs> i've never seen psycho 4 <laughs> i need to need to do a 234 yeah but we're doing the og the original 1960 Man. psycho my parents would have been nine years old you're seeing Psycho uh, yeah. at nine years old. That's about right. My parents were somewhere in between there. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. It's hard to put yourself there. Uh, you know, my watch- parents' brains are like mashed potatoes, so I can't get any like what was movies like. Yeah. They don't do. <laughs> they don't remember any of it. Well, you know what movies before Psycho were like? Uh, you just walked <laughs> in any time yeah. and you sat for the day and watched a movie. Uh, I love the fact that Psycho. This is something I learned pretty recently. Invented the movie time. Oh, the the time in general? The the Mo- idea of going to, to the start of the, a movie. They were yeah. just playing on a loop all day? Because you'll play a movie, you'll play a few shorts, you'll have a Flash Gordon, you'll have a newsreel, and that just kind of played all day. And a kid or whoever would just show up. For as long as they wanted. <laughs> they would just, yeah, hang out. Man, and Psycho like the life. was the movie where Hitchcock said you have to show up on at on time for yeah, the start I know of the that movie. Story. I didn't know that invent it <laughs> created I, a system. I, I, that's what I've heard. And I, I, still, I like to believe that. Is that where the people that come from today, where I'm waiting in line to buy a tickets, and the two people in front of me just show up not knowing what's playing? Just for whatever's playing. Just whatever's playing yeah. at seven. Yeah. Those people exist still. Is I that know, because, right? But they're not 80 years old. That, no, <laughs> so, they look just like you and me. So it's you know that is pe- a prevalent style. Still, you know, people consume movies differently than we do sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Very so, much. Some people just walk in and out of movies today. I think just like well, I saw twenty minutes of this one, didn't care for it. I'll see what's playing next door. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when I was younger and more of a derelict, I would spend ten hours at a theater on a Saturday with nothing to do. Yeah. Well, then that's why see uh, everything. You know, it's like that's why a movie like The Northman. It's not surprising that it didn't do that well because not everybody's out there going like Robert Eggers. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, like we're we're kind of probably a smaller majority sure. of people who do that. But I, everybody knew Hitchcock. Of course. What's so crazy? This is like if Christopher Nolan or Spielberg was like, "We're changing the way we do movies." Yes. And everyone's like, "Okay, yeah, sure, all right, we'll show up." I on guess time. we'll show up on time now. <laughs> this was like. Yeah, because this was due to all the big twists in this movie. This was a no admittance past a certain time. Yeah, even now you get the guy that can walk twenty minutes into the Northman and be like, 
What did I miss? Yeah. The whole, whole, whole town <laughs> and ex- got wiped off the existence? Exactly. Did I miss that? In the first 20? Really? So this was a hard entry. And you cannot get into the theater. People were sneaking in. And this is also, I think, where we first heard of, like, no spoilers. Like, literally, Hitchcock in the trailer is like, when you go see it, don't tell people what yeah. happens. Was like, there, like, NDAs that were being signed? Might as well, This yeah. all feels like William Castle really, like, <laughs> right. being promoted by the biggest director. Yeah, they all, yeah if, if Hitchcock's doing the, like, uh, it's not our fault if you die, if, if you have <laughs> yeah, a heart attack, exactly. you have to sign this form. The Norman popcorn. Bates guy running down the aisles. Like, Hitchcock was... Pretty much there. He was Could've. bringing William Castle, except using the William. I think they call it the William Castle doctrine. Mm. To, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> he was using William Castle carny tricks to change how people showed up to movies. Yeah, he's cool. using his power for a for a different kind of regimented movie going. That's power, man. Oh yeah, that's huge. That's that is seriously Spielberg saying, "I'm only playing this in this theater." Mm-hmm. That's the only way you'll see this movie, and or, that I mean, would not have as big of an impact. That's, that's kind of like uh, James Cameron being like, "This is going to be in 3D. All the theaters, you now need to buy 3D projectors and right. technology." Yeah, and they're like, "All, all right." There I, was I, a point when <laughs> all will. the theaters had to either go to digital or <laughs> pretty much go out of business. Yeah, right. And it just so that still happens, and this is the big first time it happened. That's impressive. This is. A crazy jump from Hitchcock. Because this would mm. not just be like Spielberg demanding movies play a certain way. It would be Spielberg demanding that they play it for his new, like, $2 million slasher film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, also, I'm doing something really stripped down this time. And yeah. you all have to play it. It's really as, like, Hitchcock asking everybody to listen to, like, his acoustic stuff. <laughs> like, here, I got, like, an album's worth of acoustic new stuff. And everybody's like, ooh. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go away. We uh, all have to sit through this to get to the hits? I, I really want to see Spielberg's, like, psychosexual serial killer movie now. That yeah, sounds fun. His low budget, yeah. <laughs> $3 million Stark, psychosexual thriller. thriller. Dude, give me yeah. that. I would line up for that. Oh, I have to wear a hat while watching it? Okay. Your yeah, rules, boss. By now, Hitchcock's doing... Is he done North by Northwest in the, by the 60s? Like, yeah. He was doing those like Cary Grant, like, to catch a thief. Well, that's... And, he went... Vertigo and North by Northwest all came right at the end of... Uh, Right mm-hmm. before this, that was like his build up to Psycho to go from the biggest lavish, lavish kind of tech. Stuff, ooh, right? I love lavish, yeah, Technicolor, <laughs> huge movies, right? The biggest movies, North by Northwest is God. It's insane. holy shit. That is it. Cinema, concludes man. on Mount Rushmore, like it's yeah, that is it's big cinema it's scope. Yeah, to go to that down to the little grim, sparse back roads, nothing. Of Swampland Psycho. Mm-hmm. What? You're doing like an eaten alive kind of movie <laughs> 10 totally. plus years before that. You know, I don't want to gotta hand it to Ed Gein. <laughs> but at this point, I think we gotta hand it from the world of cinema to Ed Gein. Mm. This guy is. The, cinema is, owes him a lot. Cinema <laughs> owes a lot to Ed Gein at this point, the right? The horror genre. Good. Is his in percentage his in debt. pro is starting to creep just a bit. Just, you know, Psycho, Texas Chainsaw, Silence of the, Silence Lambs, of the Lambs are all like. Yeah, right. You know, and of course, stuff eaten alive, Motel Hell, 
deranged, all of that very clearly. So I hate to gotta hand it to Ed Gein, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) it's pretty crazy how this yeah movie was on. That's why they have to have the explanation at the end. People are like, why do they have to spell it out? It's like because people had never heard of this shit before. (laughs) This thing wasn't a thing, man. (laughs) (laughs) The stuff. This was the kind of movie that was getting played. At not the first run theaters. This was uh-huh. all those Gordon Lewis kind was, of movies. I this was just was thinking like, of like was, uh, when we saw the Satanist, right? The you know, Satanist, Al Adamson. Al, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Satanist, mm-hmm. Al Adamson stuff, right? All that cheap stuff that wasn't getting played at like any Cinemaplex that my parents were going to. Mm-hmm. This was just you know roadshow drive-in kind of stuff, and all those H. Gordon Lewis movies that came right after because of Psycho. That's like, oh yeah, it's cheap Psycho. It's not that much cheaper than Psycho. Just filmed better. Yeah, Psycho yeah. just looks better. It's this was like dressed up slop, and a lot of people kind of viewed it as that. But oh man, this is some revolutionary slop. This is a B movie mm. in every sense of it, and it's so cool that Hitchcock uses his sway to go from, like you said. <laughs> the lavish pictures and then right. making everybody get on board for his remix project mm-hmm. and they all have to listen to it or they don't get other Hitchcock movies that's so cool that's pretty cool to use that on Psycho I love a director that likes these kind of challenges yeah well and then it, it's now his most famous thing right like that's the th- <laughs> that's it everybody knows this movie everybody knows the shower scene and the there's the been a whole score. movie made just about the shower scene. Oh, yeah. The one with Anne Heche. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about that shower scene. Yeah. There's books been written about it. Yeah. Just the one scene. There was. Yeah, we're not going to go into yeah. any like film school detail, but you've heard people talk about Psycho. I'm more interested in talking about other aspects of the movie. Yeah. And, uh, I always feel like such like I, uh, I actually did a project on Hitchcock in like high school. It's like my senior project. Yeah, where I wow. did got in depth and stuff, so I could give you the like. Well, she's wearing a white bra in the opening scene, <laughs> right. but a black bra when We've she had steals all those the money. Classes, right? But yeah, I feel like it's it'd be more fun to just say like I have a lot of fun watching Psycho, and I've probably seen it a dozen times. Is it your favorite? What's your favorite Hitchcock? Ooh, I think mm, that is a good question. <laughs> yeah, I, I should. I think it is. Sprung that on you. I, I mean, it's that or Vertigo, right? Are like yeah. the two heavyweights for me. Okay, that's um, that's pretty too hard to hard to contend with. I love Rear Window. Yeah, anything with Grace Kelly. My favorite's North by Northwest. Um, I do love that as well. That movie is so. That's. That. I saw the Birds again for the first time in like twenty years, like yeah. two years ago, and was like, man, Birds is birds pretty good. Is great. I've kind of like not watch the birds as much recently because you might have heard the birds was filmed around here <laughs> i might have been dunked on yeah, once yeah. by pointing that out to someone and uh, so we hear about the birds a lot and then you see the birds again it's like oh right. have you seen shadow of a doubt that was filmed in santa rosa yes that's a really good movie yeah man rebecca yeah. you know i love family oh, plot yeah. i love the last i love 70s hitch frenzy's really crazy frenzy's cool family plot's great with bruce john dern. finch is really cool and frenzy yeah and you get, oh man bruce dern and barbara harris and family plot these are all great I'll, i'd never forget the the scene where they the brakes go out going down the <laughs> mountain and bruce dern's just like we got to get off this mountain <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my all-time favorite like what Barbara Harris Perfect. was such a good actress, and in that scene, she's just like rubbing her feet, <laughs> like Bruce Dern's great hair. Oh man, that movie's so good. You know, you know my boy Ed Lauder. 
I love that Ed Lauder got to be in a Hitchcock movie. Mm. He has this scene. It's one of these great little character actor moments in, in Family Plot. Which, that's also Karen Black, right? William oh, Devane. Yeah. Holy shit. That's like casting by So It's Come to This. Man. And Ed Lauder's like talking guy. It's one of his big scenes where he's like, yeah, I think I know something about this. And he just casually like takes like a couple of pens from the guy's <laughs> desk and puts them in his own pockets. Like, oh, it's good. Ed Lauder's adding that shit in. It's so funny how... He's riffing with Hitchcock here, you know? Hitchcock made like 51 films over the course of, yeah, the 20s, 30s to the to 1970. Yeah. <laughs> and so much changes in his movies from like the very old style oh, of something yeah. like Rebecca the or the 39 Steps, steps yeah. to the modern. And watching Psycho, I was like, this is where it flips, I think. This is real, yeah. The mirror. The acting between Anthony Perkins and Janet Lee is not nineteen sixty. Yeah. The acting of the guy who plays her boyfriend and her sister. Dude. Yeah. That's very old school acting. When Mar- Martin Balsam shows up yeah. as the guy with the worst name in that- movies. <laughs> like that guy is he's acting like nineteen fifties Martin Balsam. He's yeah, all when gumshoe. Loomis is asking he's the guy who's like buckling his his wool slacks above his well belly button after stepped off a gun smoke set basically right. the way he's acting but janet lee does not act like that yeah yeah and anthony perkins show don't act like that. <laughs> exactly it's, it's <laughs> like when brando shows up you know and you know on the waterfront streetcar and all these you know yeah oh these people are acting different now and this is right you know leading into that but this is i don't think I, for a movie i've seen half a dozen times recently in a theater I don't think I ever picked up on that. So <laughs> mm. these are old movie acting. This is old movie plotting. This is a new way of movies. Like this, this is, is dirtier. Yeah. This is grimmer. This is realer. And yeah, they're talking like people. The book Psycho. Uh, Norman is this like bald, fat, unpleasant character. Really, right? Like yeah. a real nerd, a real, uh, real, real basement drilling creep, right? Just Hitchcock's decision to cast the good-looking, frankly, like, could be male lead knockout, <laughs> yeah. Anthony Perkins. This guy's a hunk. Yeah, and to make he verges him, on Pretty Boy. And to make him innocent and charming, and it plays so much more interesting than the guy showing up looking like A number one mm-hmm. local suspect. <laughs> exactly. Guy with, with skins on his wall. <laughs> like <laughs> instead you get this guy in a nice fitting sweater who uh you know she's drinking like a cup of tea yeah dude when she classy. shows up yeah classy anthony perkins always gets better every time i see this movie he is so good mm. he's a great actor and you know this made him an icon and it tanked his career in a lot of ways well yeah it's a typecasting <laughs> nightmare yeah right? right it sucks i wonder what people seeing it originally would have thought because growing up it's like we i you know i saw it already knowing that he's the killer and they actually try to make sure. you think it's the mom and all that shit <laughs> so i wonder if people really would like wait that there wasn't a mom yeah i think it's or just like the because it's like going in knowing he's going to be this crazy guy. Maybe mm-hmm. I think plays differently. It plays it. This is one of those movies so that it really did. If you didn't know, yeah. really did hit different in 1960, and it's hard to recreate that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that does still really work about this movie, obviously, but it I think is impossible to go in with the same 
innocent worldview (laughs) and lack of knowledge that you would have gone into. What age can I show this to my son? (laughs) Because let me tell you, the first time I was old enough to see Psycho, it wasn't just like, oh my God, Janet Lee dies midway through? (laughs) Let me tell you how many Janet Lee movies (laughs) I was privy to at like age 16. Just how many references to that shower scene you saw as a kid in the 80s. Dude. It was in every cartoon. The same way oh, yeah. I hadn't seen any Friday the 13th movies, but you knew a hockey hockey mask killer was a thing. I'd never seen Jaws, but you knew there was a killer shark. Mm-hmm. You know, chasing kids around. It wasn't crazy for a kid to be running around the playground doing the like, you know, because <laughs> that was in every cartoon. No, it, I had no I idea it came from Psycho, but we knew all of this stuff. That That stuff used to be just in pop culture for... 30 years. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. You would get shower stabbing sound effect in like Animaniacs. Exactly. They would do those cues, you know? It yeah, could... you knew that music cue, if nothing else. Yeah. Just like Jaws. So yeah, without knowing knew. this movie, you just kind of know this movie. You know, this is the sleepaway camp twist that we all heard about. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Everybody knew this, right? Uh, I mean, but I remember, man, without knowing hardly anything else about this franchise... The box covers for all the Psycho sequels are all really great because mm. they're like animated Anthony Perkins. You know, the one for three when he's in the foreground holding the keys the up keys is great. in the yeah. Bates motels in the background. I remember those were two of the covers that I would just stare at in the video store. So we knew Psycho. I had yeah. no idea who Anthony Perkins was, but iconic, right? You oh, had yeah. to know him. Absolutely. And... uh yeah, I kind of also need to hear about you seeing the Bates Motel house oh. on the, the Universal Studios backlot tour. Uh, <laughs> it was there. I kind it was of. There. Uh, I've never gotten to go. I've never seen it. We're eventually going to do the. So it's come to this remote where I go that on the Jaws great. ride with you. <laughs> I wish they had done more. I think you just see it kind of up on a hill, and uh, the. Uh, the tour guide just kind of says, "Oh, Mrs. Bates is in the window. Look for her in the window." Dude, and it's like in I Jurassic think I Park, asked where this you're like, in the Jaws episode, but it's like, "Do you see her, or yeah. is it just like, look, you can make out her shadow?" Or yeah. do they actually have like thunder going off, and there's just a no. silhouette? No, I was like Goldblum, going like, "Now you will have Norma Bates in the Norma Bates <laughs> tour at some point." Is that right? No. So, uh, they, so it's it really is so just like here's like the a, house. Yeah, it's just that. I that's all I remember. I wish they would have had like the trunk of the car you know submerging into the lake or something oh they sure that would have been good more. yeah that would have been cool but it can't okay. all be a, like it, yeah it couldn't be norma bates jumping out of the out of the water it's like literally so is it literally just part of a tour because it's like we we keep it on the back lot and the road goes right by there yeah before it's, we get into the king kong exhibit for you all gotta i know, drive by the bates house anyway it can be a blazing saddles-esque just like fake house <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just the, the front wall of the house <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> probably yeah i get it yeah it's I would still mark out. I'd flip for it. I mean, do you go down the birds. If block? you're smart, you uh, <laughs> the <yeah>. burbs. Is <laughs> their house on there? If you're smart, you would like have a Bates Motel that people could stay at. Like, There's no Bates Fantasy Motel. There's got to be somewhere. But I mean, they you filmed would think that Universal. new show Bates Motel that was really good. Yeah, the Vera Farmiga one. It's got to exist somewhere. So that was that looked the exact same as the motel. Come on, spruce it up. Peepholes in the wall. Yeah, two fifty yeah. a night. People pay that, <laughs> but. 
So yeah, so you see that then you heard about the jingle all the way. <laughs> then we yeah, that's where we got the real good. That's good, right. good all right, info. we saw the house. Now we can hear some more about this yeah, new well, Schwartz coming next. Like, uh, yeah, what's coming up now? Uh, so seeing this in the theater for the first time, let me tell you, if I can be the first to point out how cool Bernard Herrmann's score is. Oh yeah. <laughs> Let me you be the guy. <laughs> this thing is just jabbing its way through the whole movie. It's so beautiful. Good. Yeah. So good. It's good stuff. Yeah. I love everything about it. Not just the sound cues, but the, the the whole orchestra of it. Yeah. There are some extended held notes during some of these. It's, you know, and they're all so, oh, this is also revolutionary. Mm. It's a new kind of uh, orchestration that's being brought into modern cinemas, right? This movie's done everything, and it's such a B movie. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. sleazy. It is sleazy. It's like it's the we don't have a damsel in distress here with Janet Lee. We have like a thief on the run. She's cool. She's a criminal. She's, she's cool, a loose though. woman. <laughs> she's yeah. You know, she's sleeping with a man who's not her husband in 1960. Yeah. She's steals from her boss this 40K. huge sum of money. Uh huh. 40k is big. It's got to be like 200, 250. That's now, a lot. Right? I'm pretty sure it's a lot of money. Yeah, in that's 1960. big. That'd be big for one of us to walk out of our job with. And, it's and like, then run into our boss down the block. Yeah, right. Ooh. She's got the whole... I, I mean, the more I watch it, the more I love before we get to the motel. Because everything at the motel obviously is classic. I really love that too this time. But her being so suspicious when yeah. she falls asleep and the highway patrolman stops her. And <laughs> man, the way she is just not playing it cool is <laughs> insane. Know. She makes this rash decision to steal this money and then she's like... That was a bad idea. <laughs> I, am, I am fucked now. Well, I love the uh, all the stuff he does there. Where I, I just seeing it now with a crowd, right, and hearing the the stuff that people laughed at, and the different ways that Hitchcock's making you squirm in a totally different kind of tension. Mm. It's the squirming of watching somebody make a bad decision. Oh, it's yeah. not the squirming of like you know the guys right around the corner. It's just like no, why are you? Just stop talking. And so to hear people just like, like, oh my God, it's him just doing other mental tricks, yeah. getting other reactions. But this, man, I'm so glad you picked up on that. I don't know what it is. The setting was right, whatever. I was getting into her story more than any time I had in watching this movie. Mm-hmm. Motel stuff's so good, and Perkins is so good. I must have always been just waiting for him to show up, and this time I, I think was, that's what it is. Yeah, I was just so into Janet Lee's character. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it is it's easy to kind of yeah not pay attention that first part because you're introduced to Phoenix right off the bat, <laughs> and anytime I see Phoenix in a movie, I'm, I'm checking out. No, <laughs> Phoenix. Actually, right? I love that it's in Phoenix because it's more plausible that she would blow up her own life. Sure, like in to get out of Phoenix <laughs> for four, with forty thousand dollars. I like, like if that was in LA, I it's like, like Phoenix, wow. man. Yeah. You're, you're, do, you're doing, I'm doing a bit. You're doing more Tucson jokes about Phoenix. Like Tucson, get, the, get this out is of more here. flag stuff. Yeah, but I love that. Just oh, Phoenix, yeah. 1960. Okay, I love the spe- the specific like December 13th. You know, 11 a.m. I'm a I'm a big fan of the specific Law yeah. and Order time an and place graphics because I think that's the only time it does that. It's yeah. not like she shows up at the Bates Motel and it's like click 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 12:15, <laughs> right? You know, you never get that again. Yeah, the way he uh, that driving scene. This was really like a big sink and pit scene that never really affected me the like it did this time when she's 
either mapping out what she thinks is happening mm-hmm. behind her, or it's just an actual, you know, I love how it's her thinking, uh, yeah, this is probably happening now, and they're probably figuring this out. We don't actually know, mm-hmm. but that's just playing on all of our, like, how we would be thinking. There's no way you're driving away from that cool as a cucumber. You are paranoid as hell if you're oh, yeah. stealing forty grand for the first time ever. And your boss happens to be walking by as you're on your way out of town. Yeah. I love that moment of him right. being like, wait a minute, why are you... Why? <laughs> when... That's not where I <laughs> yeah, told I mean, you to go. She's probably she's right like, to be Ugh. thinking that he's immediately going to go back to the office and notice forty grand. Mm-hmm. Notice the secretary in like... The worst case of events. The worst luck. I got to assume Tarantino stole that for Pulp Fiction, where <laughs> Ving Rhames is walking across with the donuts. <laughs> I got to assume. Well, so, that's the other thing. So much of this movie is stolen by other movies. Yes. That the, just the idea of the psychosexual killer. The I mean, man, I always knew that this was like an influence on Carpenter. But watching oh, it man. this time, the knife in the hand is like, you just straight the stole same. the psycho like framing of like Michael Myers holding up the knife. Yeah, it's so. Yeah, I've never. Yeah, you think of, it's point. weird to think of Ving Rhames as a small, tiny, bald, <laughs> middle management type, but it is the exact same scene. And What's it's one. That of, same it's one of the great Ving Rhames think, scenes. He thinks he's on his way out of town. Bruce Willis is singing along, and he's got away <laughs> yeah. scot free. And then boom, Ving Rhames with I his box that. of donuts. <laughs> In his mustard suit. It's so his good. own. Tarantino does his own thing, but it's exactly the same. It's like the Strokes using a different guitar to play Tom Petty's American Girl <laughs> at the start of last night. It's like everybody knows it's last night. You guys are just wearing a different kind of leather jacket. Right. Like he was wearing a denim jacket. You're in a kind of members only leather jacket. It's the same riff. So, yeah. You see this movie, especially the theater. It's just like, oh yeah, I've seen almost every one of these scenes mm-hmm. everywhere else. And just yeah, that yeah, when she's driving and hearing the voices of them being like, well, she hasn't checked in. Where could she be? She never deposited the money. And the rain is sloshing on the windshield. And yeah, it's just like, man, this feels like so many cool it's noir so movies. Cool. But we talk about how you know it's impossible to put us ourselves there and what it must have been like. I don't think even like people that watch a ton of movies like you and me realize how restrictive the American film code was mm. at a certain point. Like this was the first film to show a flushing toilet. I know. That's Fucking insane. toilet had what? That's insane. Like it was a big deal if a toilet was even on camera. Like did you see it? It'd be like a boob. Uh-huh. What would they do to a boob? Well, if you see if a you toilet- see a toilet flush and you're just like, oh my. Oh, what oh if, dear! What if what if there was duty in that? Were there toilet? walkouts? <laughs> was this, like we saw walkouts when there was people we, just vomiting <laughs> in the aisles, <laughs> just like before the shower scene. All they see is the toilet. They're like, oh, oh Jesus! Tarantino, I know what he, happens. Tarantino there. knew he had to be like, no, I think I have to show a guy injecting heroin. <laughs> like, flushing toilet ain't gonna cut it in this one, guys. Oh, I know. Like. People just losing it over this flush toilet. Well, to see her in a bra, even. I mean, Dude, they were going that, to give this movie like an X rating. That's why film school discussions of this movie can't actually justify just how crazy it was. Because I remember sitting in film school as some kid talked, doing the, not film school, but you know, yeah, classes, yeah, yeah. Cl- doing yeah. the like, 
well, here Marion's in a white bra, and it's just like, oh, fuck. this yep. is the worst. That was me. That was actually the lecture I gave yeah. at the yeah. class. <laughs> just like, who is this? You didn't have a beard. <laughs> I had no idea who this guy was. Who is this asshole? <laughs> this why, is he, guy. why is this guy making me hate Psycho? He's making it sound like. But a now textbook. that she did something bad, she's yeah. in a black bra. Yeah, she's a fucking bad girl in a black bra, and I it's love it. cool. Man, that's that's crazy. Flushing toilet, you're getting a bad girl who stole 40k in a black bra. This is something in like you know a well, cheaper movie, and like man. him peeping on her through the hole in the wall. That's yeah, very that's, sleazy. That's crazy. That's crazy sleazy. Can you can you imagine not just pushing past the censors, like arguing hard for that toilet flush, right? Like pushing for it. Like I bet you know society eventually graduated to, to like Fox being like, we need a fourth. Al needs to flush it a fourth time. <laughs> we need a peg reaction right. shot. And they're just like, we can't put a fourth flush. This is married with children. You know we have a three flush limit <laughs> yeah. on these like, sensors. We eventually got like up to multiple flushes. But for then Hitchcock to be like, I also want to show up peeping tom i want to show a naked shower stabbing i want to show cross-dressing killers like how many trips back did he have to be like okay Mm. here's another thing like what a what a guy (laughs) but yeah if you can't show a flushing toilet you probably couldn't have shown a woman getting butcher knifed Mm -hmm. through a shower curtain right that's incredible well, how do he was. Push, how do you do all this? He, he. There's no moment where you see the knife enter. This is the rest of my lecture. Where you see the knife enter, you know, there's no penetration. Sure. There's just slash and her movement, and like a little thin trickle of blood. Uh, it's chocolate. There's sauce, some. Right? I don't have the number in front of me, but it's something like 138 cuts. Right. You know, in 90 seconds. Or I think that, that was that the documentary is. on this, analyzing yeah. every frame of that scene. Yeah. Right. Every cut. And the slow. I mean, to me, the best shot of. Of everything that he's done is that slow pullout of the eye. Uh huh. Tw- That's incredible. Her dead. The pullout shot, seeing her wrapped up in the you know through the shower curtain, that kind of mangled body laying you know. Fl- mm. Oh, That's how could you peaks. show that? That's, oh wow. That's Laura yeah, Palmer. That's Laura Palmer in plastic. Yeah. As a sixteen-year-old, it hit me hard when Janet Lee died. I knew that any mm. character was up for grabs then, now that a big star like Janet Lee died. <laughs> That's how I was able to transport myself tonight. No, it's impossible. Yeah. You can't be shocked by this movie the way this supposed to have been the most shocking movie ever made in nineteen sixty. No, I bet people did riot this as as pure garbage. It was oh, smut. I'm sure. But it also made like fifty million dollars yeah. in nineteen sixty. People want to see smut. Yeah. They'll show up on time to see smut. Mm-hmm. If it's presented as classy smut, yeah, you know, I mean, it worked. It worked later with Deep you know, Throat. I was just gonna say behind the green door, like you present it as like, yeah, it's a porno flick, but this one's got a pretty good story. They're like, they are looking. People were looking for excuses to see. You know, that's kind Debbie of, does Dallas got sequels for a reason, right? Right. Like <laughs> these movies were famous, right? I mean, infamous. It's easy to talk a couple into seeing hot and saucy pizza girls. <laughs> you know you're getting a script with your John Holmes movie, right? This is an Albert Chin production. But yeah, but, <laughs> well, know? and then like in the '90s, they knew if you got Michael Douglas, you right. could do a steamy, sexy. All these thriller. tawdry sex thrillers of the '90s—they all got dread. My my parents Those were got major releases. People are so prudish now yeah. compared to every single director doing just a steamy, slutty movie <laughs> in the 90s. They were rife with them. Yeah. And now 
it's like, oh, we can only do violent sex. <laughs> right. <laughs> Either no sex at all or just like violent sex or weird sex. Yeah. It's got to be non-consensual. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> for some, for all of this stuff to show up in one movie with such a garish title, too. Psycho. Sure, right? Psycho. It's no different than Maniac Ex- 20 years oh, later, totally. right? Absolutely. Psycho. Man, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's so cheap. It's so influential on every single level. And it's also, you talk about... It's madman. Yeah. It's, it, it's, right? Yeah. There's so many... It's also weirder than I remember in a lot of ways. Uh, not just because Anthony Perkins is, you know, a secret weirdo mm-hmm. beneath those outer charms. My buddy Alistair, really quick, shout out. The next day, we both saw it in the theater. The first thing he said to me was that he couldn't stop thinking about how good looking Anthony <laughs> Perkins was. So, this guy's, this guy's he's still got fluttering hearts. He's got 62 it. 62 years later, he's got the goods. <laughs> still got it, Anthony. <laughs> but there is some weird dialogue in this movie. Some of these characters do not talk like humans. Mm-hmm. There is weird stuff that gets said. I think I always pass over that too. Like in the scene <laughs> with all the owls and stuff, I'm always like, yeah, then they have a nice little conversation yeah. where they're both hiding, you know, who they really are. Yeah. And then, yeah, I watched it last time being like, he's really saying some shit that would cause me to maybe drive away from this hotel. <laughs> There's weird stuff going on. <laughs> but other people, there was about one guy who said he was dying of thirst or Rooney. <laughs> the fuck is this guy <laughs> was that a thing people said in 1960 <laughs> and when Janet Lee says I'm gonna go splish splash in the bath yeah, yeah no like, yeah who, who did, where'd Rooney. that guy show up with that is like this guy it. trying to get off riffs that was in the script right what a terrible line <laughs> How do he back into frame with dying of thirst of Rooney? That's terrible. Can you imagine writing that in a script and the level of asshole you would feel? That that can't could not have been common vernacular like, in nineteen sixty. No, I've thirst never heard, it's never turned up in anything else, no. right? Nobody's saying that. No. Daddy O, I guess maybe people said that. It's in enough of those rock and if roll. He was 50s like, movies. Good golly, I'm thirsty. I'd buy that. Maybe. <laughs> Even that would seem like dial it down, Frank. <laughs> Just say you're thirsty. Jeez, there's forty K missing, Frank. Fuck. <laughs> These crimes don't happen in Phoenix, Frank. Is that what people? Is that what 1960 Phoenix is like? Is oh, that they were what, thirsty as hell in <laughs> yeah, 1960 man. Phoenix. You're dying of thirst to ruin. They look like hot as balls. Is that just like them presenting? Like, look, nobody knows what 60 Phoenix is like. We yeah. can present them saying any dumb colloquialism. Is I this, guess so. It's like Those Santa Rosa was pissed at how we got portrayed in Smile. Mm. Was Phoenix like dying of thirst? Come on, come on. <laughs> nobody says that in Phoenix. Man, maybe. What an awful line. And that's and that's like a terrible line before the worst 10 minutes in movie history that ends the movie. Oh. You, know? <laughs> you don't like it? I love that last line or that last monologue. I think Again, it's really fun. It's watching that monologue that's tacked on is you know, what are you going to do? It's it's probably the worst Hitchcock scene in any Hitchcock movie, <laughs> but it's like if he had to make that concession to get everything else that he got into that movie, you should have seen me cheering for that toilet flush. Man. I mean, I think it pays Worth off. It. I think it pays off. You get the long, drawn-out explanation. You see, he thought he was his mother and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. then the payoff of him in the cell. Yes. With the blanket. 
It does pretty much justify it. That is, I think that is one of the best. And and I and you see like a half a frame of a skull at the end. Right. That's so good. That's him, per, that's Perkins' best scene. Him man. sitting there with the creepy smile and the mother's voiceover doing the inner narration. There's some crazy so stuff they did good. for the voiceovers in this, right? Like a bunch of combined voices and stuff they would use in The Exorcist. You I, know. I always forget that Janet Lee hears the mother's voice. Right. And like other people, you know, the other people who come there, like, so he's either projecting her voice or like she's a legit ghost haunting the, <laughs> the house. No, and the guy's a, he's a mimic, right? Yeah, yeah. The guy's getting into character. And uh, yeah, and he's but yeah, he basically like that wasn't something in that 1960. Then. When you live in the swamplands, you could fool somebody by going like, "I'll be right back," then going like, "Did you give them some tea?" <laughs> they're just like, "Hey, who else is back there?" He's like, "Oh, don't worry about that. She's an invalid." And they're just like, "Yeah, I mean, you guys live in the swamp." It's like, man, that house seems pretty far up the hill, but I can hear her like she's in the next room. Yeah, <laughs> by Three's Company, you could not pull off the gambit of going on one date with two different girls and sitting them on different sides of the restaurant. Yeah, it doesn't work anymore. You always got caught. In 1960 Swamplands, though, you could probably pull off the smoking section, non-smoking section date. He does it. He basically does this for a long time. He pulls off that roll of the dice pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also like again, were people in the audience fooled? Because right. I know the mother's dead before I see Psycho <laughs> for the first time when I'm sure. sixteen. I know that it's him under the wig in the shower. I wonder who. I wonder who the first did. People guy really, to really think like... that was a woman stabbing Janet Lee in the shower. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I'm I'm saying you know people got tricked by things. This was yeah. the thing that that's we can't put ourselves there. These people had never seen this. When I asked my parents, you know, what the scariest movie they saw was, it's not going to be Psycho. It's something like, uh, oh, a movie that was on TV when I was six, like The Crawling Eye. Mm. You know, some black and white, not scary in any way sci-fi movie. We all have that movie. That was the stuff that scared people then. They weren't prepared for Psycho. So I, I'm sure it was anarchy. They weren't even noticing. It's like... That woman had thick eyebrows. <laughs> I you honestly know? also bet that even after a five-minute breakdown of his mental disorder, mm-hmm. people still probably left that theater going like, so what What was... I don't get it. <laughs> well, <laughs> probably. So- I honestly don't know. I I Was transvestite like a word that, was, that people would know in 1960? Right, exactly. Like, is that a word? Like, that's pretty shocking to me. I didn't know that was a... The idea of a, a word that somebody would know, not just the word crossdresser. I'm sure that was a, yeah. you know, that was established. But the word transvestite feels much more 70s. Mm, that's a good than, question. Uh, than yeah. 1960. I felt shocking hearing it in the theater. Or like, like yeah. Oh, I forgot they say that. Yeah, and even maybe by the mid 60s, you had heard of something like that. But yeah, mm-hmm. 1960 itself. Yeah. It's essentially the end of the 50s. It's essentially still <laughs> that. That seems really early for that word to be showing up. So, But what's a bummer about that scene is... It's probably really early for a yeah cross-dressing psycho killer. Well, of course it is, yeah. Uh, stabbing and killing people. <laughs> yeah, they were getting a lot of firsts yeah. into this movie. So if we get Simon Oakland explaining what we just saw for oh, 10 I, minutes. I love that that's Simon Oakland. I love that dude. He's he he was just on Bullet that we just. Uh, oh yeah, he's, he's the in, captain. Oh man, he was Kolchak, the Night Stalkers uh, boss. This guy owned TV uh, sergeant roles. Mm-hmm. 
shows up in a lot of great genre stuff. We haven't talked enough about Simon Oakland. Slightly earlier Claude Aikens. Sure. Same mold as Claude Aikens, you know. But it's always that same, you know who does the Simon Oakland part in Psycho 98? I was just going to say. Forster. Robert Forster. So it's got to be that, oh, Simon Oakland to the Forster connection. That seems like a good lateral comparison. You know, Mm. a a good uh, utility player with some extra. Yeah, always good as a lieutenant or a cop or a detective. I've seen so many Forrester movies where, like, Maniac Cop 3, Badge of Silence. (laughs) Forrester shows up in two scenes as, like, a private, or not, you know, some investigator. Mm -hmm. And he's so good in this role that is definitely, I'm getting my friend Bobby apart (laughs) (laughs) when he's down in 1993. We've seen Forrester kill it in so many little two-scene roles in a movie. He could be the guy to crush this end movie scene. I've never seen Psycho 98. Mm. I own the DVD of it because 20 years ago I ordered Psycho on DVD and they sent this one. Ah. (laughs) I couldn't find it, though. It's somewhere. Somewhere lurking in this house. I feel like I saw it once on TV after it came out. And then I've seen the... uh... Something like eight years ago, Steven Soderbergh did a mashup cut oh, of the original and the. I've never remake. heard about this before. You mentioned it, and uh, I couldn't find it anywhere online when I looked for it recently. But I kind of want to see Psycho '98. <laughs> it sounds kind of good. I feel like the if main, you can ignore how dumb it is, the it main sounds problem with it, good. if I remember correctly, to me, the main problem was that Vince Vaughn was doing much more the bald, creepy, oh, oaf kind of kind of performance so it really isn't the i don't same remember movie. him having that kind of child like perkins has got a real childlike oh he's sheltered uh nativity whatever you know yeah like, he's, he seems, he's innocent he seems uh he's sweet yeah sheltered he's tender yeah kind of trips up on his words you know kind of he does a good shy boy character shy. whether yeah, it's yeah, an yeah. act or not he's what the movie is really good about making you think one thing about a person and then fading gently into the same you know and it's not sly about it either like mm-hmm. you're talking about when janet lee's driving away and how her smile changes it turns into kind of a she gets that yeah i know a little devious I, smile you know that's right she almost has that same devious smile he has at the end she, in his yeah. cell well she like, st- she starts off with this nervous paranoid face you know really like yeah <laughs> gripping that wheel and it just gradually as you notice it, it's such a slow transition into this kind of sly. Like, I am getting away. Uh-huh, I yeah. am. It's in it now. I'm, I'm doing this. Yeah. And Norman's, his starting point is different. It's like from a point of madness that gets to its sly. Mm. It's that same smile, though. It's so cool. It's so cool how he does that. This guy, people should talk about his shots a little bit more. Mm. See, this guy should be more famous for his shots. Hitchcock. Nobody mentions how, how good of a director he is. Yeah. Everybody mentions everything about every inch of his cinematography. Yeah, I like also said, appreciate how Hitchcock really books. knew that cops were dicks. <laughs> he knew. You know? Like, he, he treats every cop in this like a total ass. The, uh, yeah, the, the hard, hard-lined highway patrolman who's following her around. Wait, yeah. Waiting to see what happens. But I also think he thinks she's in danger. Mm. I, 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 mm. I almost wonder if there's that sense of like she, he doesn't know why she's running away it's clear she's running away from something yes 
She was made. She made that very clear with every <laughs> bit of her body language and words. It's like just play it cool, man. You you got caught falling asleep. You don't have to act like the fox in the hen house. You know, yeah. just like oh, I gotta go. It's like play it cool. Play it cool. Just come on. Don't tell him about the criming. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So if you look at the cast of '98, it sounds so good on paper. If you ignore all the dumb aspects about this movie existing <laughs> and just say, all right, Gus Van Sant, this is a psycho for us. This was a psycho for a teenage me. Oh, yeah. This was supposed to be my psycho. And I saw the, my Dawn of the Dead, and I loved it. I've seen ones that were made for me. Why didn't I, why didn't I support this project? So Vince Vaughn, I don't like the information you've given me. <laughs> That's just what I, I just kind of remember him having more of a oafish demeanor okay but julianne moore vigo mortensen yeah, yeah as as loomis picture vigo somebody that can do a good pulling up pants after sex <laughs> See? Yeah. that's a vigo mortensen staple you need someone to sleep with a woman illicitly yeah especially in the night and hike up some pants over a lean torso <laughs> later on uh, I know a guy who's done that in a dozen movies. Right. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. William H. Macy as the worst-named character in movie history. Arbogast. <laughs> At least they kept it. Arbogast. That's not a name. Arbogast <laughs> gets said so much in this movie that it makes me think that how Tarantino's like, oh my God, that crosswalk shot. Like, I'm going to put that in a movie. If every Italian director was like, I like the way Hitchcock has characters say someone's name <laughs> 70 times. I'm going to use that. This guy said, like, did Fulci take that from <laughs> Hitchcock? Like, people say Arbogast a lot in this. I think we're going to need to throw in more Dickies. Right. right. Oh, yeah. You need, need more Dickie in the oh, Beyond man. script. I don't think anyone else's name is said as much as Arbogast. Arbogast gets said for a <laughs> solid 20-minute stretch of this movie. Everybody is talking about well, Arbogast. Every scene, they like they forget his name because it's such a weird name. So every scene, it's got to be like, wait, what's you? who are you again? <laughs> yeah. Hitchcock Hello, just, friend, I'm Arbogast. Imagine just putting the most annoying name dead center <laughs> in your grimy little movie. Arbogast. I know there's so many like I I mean first of all yeah just the name Norman Bates is is iconic to what horror right good name Sam Loomis the name that Carpenter took for uh, Halloween mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for Doctor Loomis and same uh, character actually it's supposed to be the same yeah same I'm pretty character. sure it's the same guy <laughs> <laughs> why not why not <laughs> timeline might Checks work out. out he used to shack up with young women Checks coming out, out of a bad divorce and yeah. he's like I'm good. Going to med school. Yeah, he was just a uh, hardware store a clerk young, while young he was working stud. his way through psych- psychology school. Then he had the breakout case of Norman Bates, put him on the map. Then he studies Michael Myers. Makes sense. I like Adds that. Up. I actually like that theory a lot right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. He breaks the case in 1960 with Norman Bates. Eventually Three years him. later, six year old Michael Myers kills his sister. Moves he spends into his Haddonfield. career doing that. Damn. Sam Loomis, what a life. <laughs> But you got this guy went in too deep. He got so obsessed with Myers, and it's just like you know. At night, sometimes he's just like, "Oh, Janet Lee, 1960. <laughs> that was sweet. That was sweet. <laughs> the paycheck's good now, but the hardware store days not bad. 
It's not bad. That's so. I, now, yeah, I just imagine Loomis now being like, uh, "This one's for you, Arbogast." <laughs> Arbogast. <laughs> Arbogast As he is guns such Michael a... Myers down. <laughs> Arbogast. What an awful name to be said so much. It's such an un, the perfection of Norma and Norman Bates. He's he's a real hateable character. Beautiful, too. Arbogast. Yeah, Martin Balsam is such a prying. I hate him jerk. in this movie. Cops such are awful, right? <laughs> Every cop in this movie is a prying, like need to know idiot. And even like the fact that he gets under Norman Bates's skin in, mm-hmm. in their scene together, because Norman Bates is so. Pretty unflappable cool. in a lot of the a lot of right? stuff, yeah. Like because because he has these multiple personalities, he doesn't even know that he's guilty. But now he knows that he's just cleaned up a crime scene. Yeah. Also, did the Cohen brothers and everyone else just steal the extended crime scene cleanup yes. montage from this movie? Yeah. Like, this is so this is the first we really moments. saw these uh, people getting shown how to cover up a dead body. Yeah. I don't think they were putting that in movies, giving people all these ideas about how easy it can be to dispatch somebody Just in Swampland. The land. mopping up of blood and getting yeah. rid of the car and stuff. It's like, that's basically the middle half of Blood Simple. I, but I, I love, well, you know how much I love Blood Simple, yeah. but <laughs> there's still this kind of a measured, you know, it's stuff's hanging out and he's worried about a cop noticing a certain detail but i love when ray's cleaning up blood and blood simple it just feels like there's getting more blood so, he's so bad at it, it becomes the messiest crime scene ever he man. did not see psycho no he did not know how to do it right did not see it he showed up late wouldn't let him in yeah because the blood cleanup is like it's not getting quite to Candyman levels of bloody crime scene, but it's like, all right, Ray, at a certain point, you are in a sunk cost fallacy you are just, problem, buddy. You're just moving the blood around, Yeah, Ray. you are shifting it. That windbreaker <laughs> is non-absorbent. It is not picking up any of this blood. It's so funny. It's just like, yeah, these it's, are dumb people doing dumb crimes. Yeah. <laughs> Guy thinks a windbreaker is going to sop up blood. Yeah, but... This paranoia, this people that aren't normal criminals doing crimes is pretty much what Tarantino and the Coens and (laughs) those guys banked a whole amazing career off of, right? And I love Hitchcock making this cheap movie, but still using all these, his trick shots that he would use in his classy productions. The fact that the, uh, you really see those mind-blowing shots of uh, the six-foot circumference showerhead. Oh, yeah, For yeah, the yeah. shot. You see one black and white foot picture of that, and you go, oh, wow. Like, how's he, what? How do you think to, you know, oh, yeah, because he wanted the water to fly around the camera. So he has a gigantic shower head built just for that one close-up right? shot. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. He took that kind of detail for that shot. He's putting that kind of trick shot into his naked shower stabbing. Pretty cool. That's cool. And there's a reason that shot's famous. There's a reason this movie's famous, you know? The weird, bizarre shot of Martin Balsam falling backwards oh my God. down the staircase. I love that shot so much. What the best so thing cool. David Lynch. <laughs> just imagine his feet just yeah, going just, crazy blah, 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 blah. underneath. <laughs> just banana peeling down. Roller skate but going yeah, down on his this, heel. This <laughs> smooth going down the steps. Yeah. So weird. So off kilter. Like, so. You know, you, you point out the Laura Bizarre. Palmer thing, but David Lynch also picked up that same kind of uh, 
when Hitchcock can show a real thing happen, but there's some something off about it, something surreal about this, just the smoothness that, that Balsam uh, falls down the, the yeah. staircase is weird. It's odd. It's odd. I'm, it, I'm not sure the, how it did it. The slash across the whole face is odd. The whole, yeah, that whole, the, that top down into the hallway scene. Yeah. Of seeing the stairs coming up and the landing and then the door opening and, you know, him in Mrs. Bates' wig stabbing him, but you still don't see it. I mean, just that whole sequence. You're waiting, you're yeah. waiting, you're waiting. Boom. That's Exorcist 3 coming out of the hallway. Oh, that's man. like that, that sudden burst into the frame and then, yeah falling down the stairs like that the the way hitchcock handles these top down shots are so amazing and it always makes me think of you think talk about guys that lifted stuff from hitchcock that shot of the carnage in taxi driver Mm. when it goes from you know after de niro finally snaps and kills Keitel, and that does that overhead shot between these rooms where you can see all just the blood and stuff and that overhead oh yeah after that scene just like oh my god the way he, the way he works this house into this movie, the house is a character, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like shit, you know. This is this started to feel really like the Texas Chainsaw House. Watching it this time, yeah. When like they we're gonna get into the house inside. The house has so many. Like oh, we're gonna just redo the Bates house. Also, we're just gonna feathers and bones, all yeah, the feathers right. and bones, bone sculptures. Like it's just the same house, just made. To shock people in 1973, mm-hmm. but it looked so similar. The te- kept th- waiting for Leatherface to pop into the doorway, and that's pretty much what Norman does. Yeah, Leatherfaces into the Absolutely. into the doorways here. That we've seen that shot so many times, <laughs> so many different people with so many different weapons. Yeah, just right. Norman Bates in their way into a doorway. I know, just that that feeling of don't go into the house. Like that's such a such a trope. But yeah, yeah. when Janet Lee's sister is investigating the house while Loomis is trying to keep Norman Bates busy downstairs with the worst conversation Man, banter. Just bad dialogue and he, all through it. He could not be himself, Sam Loomis, could not be more suspicious. The way he's <laughs> grilling Norman Bates yeah. about stuff with no humor or like he's such a stern like... I forget if he says this, but I could have swore there's something where it's just like, no, 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 I'll find ways to naturally work it into conversation. <laughs> it's basically just like shaking him down like... Tell me you know more. Exactly. These people are all bad criminals. They're bad at playing investigator. They're all bad at the thing they're all trying to do. They're all Jeffrey Beaumonts. They're, they're in too deep. Everybody's in over their head in this thing. Yeah. yeah, for sure. We're big fans of movies where people get in too deep. <laughs> when multiple people are just, just really need to get out of a jam. Yeah. That's a specific kind of stress. I really love, love watching it's in film. I feel like, yeah, I feel like it. I didn't really even catch that. Everybody in this movie is basically faking yeah. what they're doing. They're getting way time. out over their skis. Yeah, pretending to be normal, pretending to be innocent, pretending to be pretending to have more power over this jurisdiction than you do. Yeah, everybody's overreaching mm-hmm. <laughs> and overstating their importance, and they're all bad at it. <laughs> Especially the doctor at the end who feels the need to take everyone's time yeah. for ten minutes to explain <laughs> what he could have said, and all he had to say was he thinks he's his mother. Yeah, and it'd be like, oh, okay, severe mom issues, raised as a mama's boy, but you see, really fucked him up. In Norman's case, it's like get on with it, <laughs> <laughs> Mister. Like get, you're like, oh, I like the scene, and then <laughs> now I'm turning on him. No, you're. Wait a minute, that you're guy was an so asshole. Much you're like, all right, let me tell you another 
goddamn thing. I, I fell for it. Oh, this guy made me think he was just just give the monkey some meds. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah. This is it's fun noticing scenes that that oh yeah, like there's a reason I like these other movies. There's a reason I respond to Hitchcock. There's a different kind of demoralizing view of when you haven't noticed like one of your other favorite scenes was just taken directly from mm-hmm. Hitchcock. For, for never hit me this time, but I'm watching it and that scene in Duel when Dennis Weaver is like backed in a booth and he has the whole voiceover where he gets more and more panicked. Mm. It's like, man, that's it's like Marion's exact same inner monologues while driving. That same panic, that same exact like, is it this guy? No, that's crazy. Right. You know, it's the exact man, it's just pulled five minutes like, well, we can change the dialogue a little yeah, bit here Spielberg for the crime. But yeah. Spielberg did it too. De Palma, Carpenter, literally everyone. Did you hear have you noticed De Palma? Did you know? <laughs> <laughs> have you noticed one of the things that De Palma's <laughs> stolen from Hitchcock? De Palma's the best. De Palma is so good about just like, yeah, he died. I'm gonna do more. <laughs> I'm gonna make these movies <laughs> yeah. for the crowds in the eighties and nineties and beyond. Yeah. It's Shameless. I wonder but what. I kind of respect it. I, I want to see Hitchcock's Bonfire of the ba- Vanities. <laughs> but Body Double is just like, you know, him just like, yeah. It's rear window. I'm showing butthole now. Yeah. <laughs> Hitchcock would have gotten there you eventually. Do it. I can. Yeah. And Hache did it. This I beat her to it. You. Griffith walked so Hache could fall over a tub and show hers <laughs> in Psycho 98. And Hache, as you've never seen her oh before. My God. But, yeah, man, you just notice a new one every time. Just like, oh, another favorite. It's the whole Simpsons did it thing. Just like, oh, right. What, you just thought I was this funny? No, I just watched Simpsons a lot growing up. Yes. I'm not a funny person at all. We all have the same jokes. I'm just our taking language. their jokes, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's Hitchcock, man. I'm really surprised we didn't do, like, Psycho 2 or Psycho 98. I'm surprised at we us. Can, we still can. We still can. Yeah. I love I, Psycho 2. I think we should. Meg oh, yeah. Tilly. I had such fun watching Psycho 2. Psycho 2 is good. Yeah. Psycho 3 is good. Psycho 4, I need, I'm need. i still saving it. I feel it. like they're all good. They like, have to be. Why not? You know, uh, the guy who wrote this movie, the screenplay at least, based mm-hmm. on the novel, wrote Psycho 4. I'm in. <laughs> sold. He's sold on that thing that I was already sold on. Yeah. Uh, Joseph Stefano wrote a bunch of like TV movies and old episodes about this time. And then like, yeah, in the eighties was doing TV movies, then did psycho. We do real well to do some Anthony Perkins stuff, especially some eighties, nineties direct to video Perkins horror. Yeah. I haven't seen enough of that. I know there's one from 89, 90 where he does a Jekyll and Hyde thing. Oh, perfect. I need to see Perkins. I forget the name of the movie. But I need to see Perkins yeah. doing a Jekyll and Hyde. We should do a whole just like late eighties, early nineties revamp of those classic Universal monsters. We'll do Memoirs of an Invisible Man. <laughs> yes. We'll do Perkins Jekyll and Hyde. We'll do uh The Phantom of the Opera with Robert England. Okay. We can do all of them. Done. <laughs> <laughs> all of that. We'll do those in Wolf. one month. We'll do Wolf. <laughs> oh. Nicholson's Wolf. Okay. So if we... we'll do Mary Shelley's Frankenstein or was it Frankenstein? Is that the De Niro one? <laughs> Hell yeah. We're not doing the bra- the, the, the Kenne- Coppola one? No, we're doing the- Kenneth Branagh's Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. <laughs> I guess that would be more of the 94 uh, era that we're yeah. pulling from here. And then Bram Stoker's Dracula, of course. <sighs> well, I'm in. I am 100% in. There's no creature. And then we can the do 90s. the 98 Psycho remake. Oh, man. 
You know, William H. Macy is a here. good... Out of all the actors, I said Forster might be the guy to pull off the worst scene in Hitchcock history. But I'm thinking of, if I could pick one man to be named Arbogast, <laughs> William H. Macy yeah. repeatedly saying, no, no, the name's Arbogast. <laughs> like, picture Jerry Lundberg oh, yeah. on the phone with a guy as Arbogast. 100%. Totally fits. I think Macy can do this. I think Psycho 98 might be a really good movie. Julianne Moore. Come on. Philip Baker Hall. You know what I heard about that's that one? Big. Is that James just... Remar plays the highway patrolman? Oh, that's Oh God. That's almost too dead on. Like, that's, that's so like, perfect. They literally just cloned someone, <laughs> yeah. made them into James Remar so that thirty years later they could cast him as the highway yes. patrolman. Oh man. That's great. I heard Gus Van Sant, who directed it, was basically was like, I'll do it because I don't want anyone to remake Psycho. Like <laughs> Okay, sure. He was like, You shouldn't do it. You shouldn't try to remake it. So what I'll do is I'll take it, and then I'll just do a shot-for-shot remake and then stick it up your ass, basically. <laughs> it's the Warren Beatty-Dick Tracy move. Yeah, I think Remember so. Remember I showed you that 30-minute weird Dick Tracy movie that he made like a decade ago only so he could retain the rights to Dick Tracy? Exactly. So nobody else can make a Dick Tracy movie? That's great. That's like John Peters' level of like, I'm still getting paid $10 million for every Batman. You know, like, whatever. He's... I love that, man. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, Gus Van Sant's like, I don't want Brian De Palma to do Psycho. Like, I, I don't want anyone to do it, so we'll just do it shot for shot, and then, yeah, like, that's what you get. The thing is... And then they can never, like, then they have to wait another 30 years right? to do the next, <laughs> next remake. Like, we're going to get another one, aren't we? It's only a matter uh, of time. But we got the Bates Motel. That's what they do yeah. now, is they do the right, prequel. The series, the series. prequel. Yeah. Bates Motel is good. Vera Farmiga especially I, was. I didn't get so into good. the. I, I watched like the first two or three episodes and just was like, well, I like Vera Farmiga. No, well worth checking but, out. Yeah. Great Farmiga project. For it sure. has that one actress I don't like who always is on a respirator. She might really have health problems. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. She's always on has one of those nose tubes. Oh yeah, it's happened like eight times. So I'm assuming she's just going through some crippling illnesses for the last decade of acting. But she's working. Vera Farmiga carries four seat. Norma Bates is one of my favorite TV characters. Nice. And it's because of hers. Definitely check it out. I guess I got it. Check out this movie, Psycho. It's good. You know, it's not really, uh, it's not free anywhere right now. I just noticed I went to like, put it on in the background earlier today and it's yeah. nowhere. It's, uh, you can rent it, but it is, uh, it's worth the four bucks. Worth four bucks seen. if you haven't seen Psycho. But yeah, everything about it is so, it, it, at sometimes feels very much like an old 1960 movie, but at sometimes really doesn't. Mm-hmm. The music, the, the opening credits, Man, everything is just so cool. Opening credits is good. That theme, the psycho theme when she's driving. Yeah, I don't, I don't see how filmgoers of any age, year, see something like that and it just clicks. Sometimes a perfect theme just happens. But this movie is still just so good. Sixty years later, you know, I'm not God, scared by it. Yeah. But it's just so impressive. Oh, it gives, it gives me that knot in my stomach. Yeah. It's her trying to get away from the cops. Some of the struggle and just the drowning the, of, uh, of, of people in over their heads. Especially the end of Sam Loomis and Norman Bates kind of button heads. Yeah, Abergast getting under Norman Bates' skin and you can see him start to kind of come out. Mm-hmm. Like that stuff still gets me. Totally. And the classic sinking the car into the lake and then it stops halfway through. <laughs> I mean, that's mwah. a perfect that joke, is right? Chef's kiss yes. for Hitchcock, especially. Of course. Yeah, yeah. That's the crosswalk uh, 
bump into yeah. of disposing a body. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> it's so good. So good. Came to this. I think it did. Go check out this movie, Psycho. I love it. Two thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. Thank you for listening and good night.